Taylor Hall made Arizona's dreams come true as he is now a member of the Coyotes following Monday's trade with the New Jersey Devils. Which side gains more in the short term? Which side gains more in the long term? And at the end of the day, will Taylor Hall still test free agency? Episode 198 of the Lace Em Up podcast starts right now. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. Last week we talked about uh, what would happen to Taylor Hall, and not even 24 hours after we posted our episode, we got our answer. He is now with the Arizona Coyotes, Brett. Yep. Um, It was kind of like, I mean, the Coyotes were one of the teams that we even picked out. when we were talking about them last week, but we weren't sure if it was because we weren't sure if this was going to move them up to the top or not. Um, I mean, I guess we'll we'll soon find out. Um, however, looking at the standings right now, we see that the Coyotes are first in their division um, right now um, with Taylor Hall only playing two games uh, for the Coyotes at the moment. Also, um, Darcy Kemper, who's been like Superman for them, um, is injured too. So we'll see how sustainable that is um, at the moment. And yeah, I'm, and it should yeah. also be noted Darcy Kemper is week to week, not day to day, week to week. Um, looked like he, it, it looked like a lower body injury, or he pulled a groin or something. It was during yeah. the eight-five uh, loss to Minnesota this past week, and uh, yeah, so uh, Anti Ranta is going to be expected to carry load. Load until he returns. Well, I mean, yeah, just to get slightly off topic here, but um, I mean, Anti Ranta was pretty dominant when he, uh, like mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. So it'll be interesting to see if he can pick it back up now that he he mans the fort for the Coyotes and presumably is healthy. Um, anyways, uh, we're going to talk about the, the actual trade here. So the official trade is that Taylor Hall and Blake Spears are going to the Arizona Coyotes for Nick Merkley, Nate, Nathan Schar, or Nate Schnarr, um, and Kevin Ball, as well as a 2020 conditional first round pick, which I'll get into in a second, um, and a 2021 conditional third round pick. Uh, so the conditions here, so that first 20, the first round pick from the 2020, um, if that pick is in the top three, New Jersey will receive um, Arizona's first round pick next year. Um, and the th- and then that uh, the third round pick can upgrade to a second if the Coyotes win a playoff round or if Taylor Hall re-signs in Arizona. The pick upgrades to a first if Hall re-signs and the Coyotes win, oh, both, um, and the Coyotes win a playoff round. So yep. there is a potential that uh, the Devils get two first-round picks um, if Hall does resign and the Coyotes win a playoff round, which could happen. Um, so, uh, I mean, I guess I'll go first. I guess we can start off with what our reactions are. Um, it's, it's interesting because I think when we were talking about this before, 
you know, we thought that, yeah, Taylor Hall would definitely help them, uh, would help the Coyotes um, this season for sure. Um, but, um, you know, it, it fixes a glaring weakness on the Coyote squad in terms of their offensive abilities. You know, we know that they're good defensively. They have good goaltending, and that's what mm-hmm. makes them strong. But I'm not sure if that can, like, um, if you're going to get a, re- a high rental like that, uh, like Taylor Hall, I'm not sure if it will um, necessarily make them win the like the Stanley Cup or take them to the Stanley Cup Finals or not. Um, yeah. You know, we see how it does. Like Phil Kessel has been struggling. Um, he hasn't been as good as advertised. Um, I mean, Clayton Kel- not to knock Clayton Keller or Christian Dvorak or Nick Schmaltz, but you know they're like compared to all the other teams in the West, it's not that great. Um, so Taylor Hall definitely helps with that, but I'm not sure if it's like, I feel like they gave up so much for it to be a rental. Um, and that leads me to believe that, um, that if it isn't like that, this isn't going to be a rental that they feel like the coyotes feel like they have a shot at re-signing him, um, long-term. Yeah, um, and um, as as I'll talk about uh, in a little bit, um, there is definitely a possibility that an extension with Arizona down the road yeah. um, is is likely, not guaranteed, but it is likely. Um, but you're right. When you add a caliber player like Taylor Hall, it's it's a big win for your organization. Um, in his um, First three hundred and eighty-one NHL games, all with the Oilers, he had one hundred and thirty-two goals and three hundred and twenty-eight points. Um, he goes to New Jersey, posts seventy-six goals and two hundred and eight points in two hundred eleven games, near point-per-game pace. Wins, of course, the Hard Trophy in twenty seventeen eighteen. Um, goal shy of forty, finishing with ninety-three points that season. Um, got the doubles to the playoffs basically on his own, um, but just. When you look at his stats, you're looking at a six-time 20-goal scorer, um, five-time 30-assist guy. He surpassed 50 helpers in the season twice. Um, And on a team with a bottom three power play, a Taylor Hall that was shooting 5.5%, even still became the Arizona Coyotes' top scorer the day he joined the team. So... He definitely adds a lot more offense. He's another piece that makes them better. And in a conference where the Central is tight, the top three in the Pacific is tight, and the wildcard spots are likely going to be determined by two more Central Division teams, basically a top three seed in the Pacific Division is huge for the Arizona Coyotes. And... Um, just to compete with a lot of the other teams, a team like Calgary that has a lot of offensive depth, a team like Edmonton that, you know, offensive question marks aside beyond the tandem of McDavid and Dreisaitl, they still have McDavid and Dreisaitl and they're right. still top tier talent. Um, the Sharks, who haven't been doing so well, you know, if they ever figure it out, you know, they could be a threat. Uh, Vegas is still a threat. You could argue they have um, two first lines on that team with uh, the way Patrick and Stone have been playing. So adding Taylor Hall 
to the Arizona Coyotes is is huge for that organization because if they didn't get him, someone else was going to. And maybe that someone is another team in their division or another team in their conference that gets in their way. So it it definitely, while it is a big risk, it's a risk that um, that ownership is willing to take, that the GM is willing to take. And um, when speaking to NHL.com, Darren Ferris, who you might know as Mitch Marner's agent, who helped give Mitch Marner his big payday, will likely do the same with Taylor Hall in the coming months. Um, he was asked about, hey, um, contract extension with Arizona, is that possible? And here's how he responded to that. So now there's a possibility for Arizona, direct quoting him, and yes, it's absolutely a possibility. It gives Arizona an opportunity that it probably would not have been afforded for him to consider in the future because you just don't know where the mindset would be at the end of the year. Now you get a chance to have him in there, have him get an idea of what it's like to be in Arizona, and I have the feeling with the way Taylor approaches things that he will really like Arizona and the lifestyle there and think, man, this might be a place where I can play for a while. Right. Um, so just just hearing that, um, I'm sure both sides want to keep their cards close to the vest, but um, it, it doesn't sound like a stretch that a contract extension between Taylor Hall and Arizona is is where it stands right now. It's it's not a stretch. Like it it actually seems like a possibility. Um, but for the moment, both sides seem that negotiating throughout the season is not in the cards, and they're just going to play things out and go from there. So um, while I I would like to think the Coyotes want to keep him around, I would be shocked if it happens during the season. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where we'll see how he does for the rest of the season, and then um, and then if he it turns out that he's like he's a big factor for them, then we'll see him re- be resigned. But otherwise, he's probably going to test free agency. Um, either yeah. way, he might just test free agency. Either way, because um, if he plays phenomenal like he was that heart season. I mean, he could get a ton of money elsewhere, and it's not like the the Coyotes have a ton of cap space to even keep him. So, um, so that's something also to keep in mind if they do resign him. In um, fact, they have the lowest cap space in the league at the moment. Exactly. Which has so, argument, so, right. Um, so, uh, okay. So let's start with um, I, I forgot to mention. Nate, uh, we can. T- I'll just briefly mention the stats of the three players that the Devils got. Um, mm-hmm. None of these guys are roster players, but um, they could eventually. I guess they. I feel like the Devils' system is so sh- uh, sm- short that they, we could see a couple of these guys play in the NHL pretty soon. Um, so uh, Nate Schnarr. Um, he had a phenomenal year in the OHL last year. Um, yep. He had 102 points in 65 games. Um, then he went to the AHL. He's, uh, and then for the Tucson Roadrunners, he had nine points in 22 games. So that's not great. Um, he has played two games for the Binghamton, Binghamton uh, Devils. Uh, hasn't had a point yet, um, but he could be something. Um, the, uh, Kevin Ball, who's on your favorite 
OHL team, the Ottawa 67s. Winners of 11 straight, I might add. Just so Winners you know. of 11 straight, no, uh, not to brag or anything. Um, but, <laughs> uh, he has 20 points in 28 games. He's also a defenseman, which is very impressive. Of course, it's the OHL and, you know, all that stuff. But um, that does show some potential that he could eventually be a big-time defenseman for the Devils in the, in the long run. Um, and then the uh, they also get uh, the Devils also get uh, Nick Merkley. Um, it feels like he's been in the AHL. It seems like every now and then you hear his name in the NHL, but um, he's been in the AHL system for a while now. Um, he had 16 points in 26 games this year for Tucson. Um, he's he's also only played two games for Binghamton with zero points. Um, he was decent last year for Tucson, uh, 34 points in 45 games, 10 of those were goals, um, and then he had 39 points in 38 games um, two years ago for the HL. So he, he could be pretty promising for, for the Devils, because um, they kind of do need some wingers um, and people that can score and whatnot, but um, it might take a while for him to actually get adjusted, it seems. Um, yeah, just just uh, just to expand upon um, the two players you mentioned, Nick Merley, Merkley and Nate Schnarr, I think those are going to be interesting projects yeah. uh, at this point. Uh, with Nate Schnarr, yes, you as you mentioned, he had a big year. He uh, helped Guelph win the OHL title, um, went to the Memorial Cup with the Guelph Storm as well. Uh, they came up short in that tournament, but um, like you said, big impact season for them. But he combined for just 34 goals and 75 points in his first two full OHL campaigns before that 102-point season. So um, there's there's a little bit of caution that, you know, he might not develop as, as quickly as you want him to. And, you know, maybe it takes just like a couple of years for him to get into the rhythm of things. And then he, yeah. he starts to evolve his game a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Nick Merkley is also an interesting project because just just because of the fact he had a lot of hype to his game. For a 30th overall pick, there was a lot of hype. Um, the year where Dreisaitl uh, joined the Kelowna Rockets in 2014-15, Nick Merkley had 90 points that year. He uh, played a pivotal role in their playoff run, uh, their run to the OHL uh or uh, the the WHL title and the Memorial Cup finals, which they lost to the OHL champion Oshawa Generals. Um, yeah, it, I, I, it kind of boggles the mind a little bit um, why Nick Merkley hasn't uh, turned into an NHL player just yet. But, you know, it could be a case of another late bloomer just slowly finding his stride. Yeah. His date numbers, 89 points in 110 games, that's not too, too bad. Right. So hopefully things turn the corner. The prize of this is Kevin Ball. True. As someone who has seen Kevin Ball play, he is exactly the type of guy that the New Jersey Devils need. This guy is six foot seven, weighs two hundred and forty-five pounds, I believe. Um, just taking a, a note, uh, taking a look at uh, my notes. Um, I believe. Um, just, just trying to. Oh yeah, six foot seven weighs two forty. Uh, Schnarr is also six foot three, by the way. So he's he's a pretty big guy in his That's own nuts, right. Yeah. Um, but six foot seven, two hundred and forty pound Kevin Ball. 
there is this sound that you hear in a hockey rink when Kevin Ball makes a hit. And it's a very distinct sound. And you know it's Kevin Ball making a hit when you hear that sound. It's very, very distinctive. And he is a big, tall, shutdown defenseman. The Devils have guys like Will Butcher, Sammy Batten, and P.K. Subban. Shutdown defensemen, they are not. Kevin Ball, if developed properly, I think could turn into the shutdown defenseman that the Devils need. Just a guy who plays a very simple game, lets the other guys do the talking with their offense, but just plays a simple game, good on the breakouts, and just does his job well. So mm. Kevin Ball was the guy, the second this trade was made, I'm just thinking Kevin Ball better be a part of this return because that's the guy he needs. Uh, that's the guy the New Jersey Devils need. And uh, credit to Ray Shero for getting his guy. And um, uh, to any anyone questioning their decision to go with Kevin Ball instead of Victor Soderstrom, who in his own right is a good player, yeah. the New Jersey Devils have seen enough of the Ottawa 67s because they also have Mitch Holscher, Nikita Hachiak, and Graham Clark in their system who are all on the same team as Kevin Ball. They are all Ottawa 67's players right now. Oh, wow. So they probably seen a fair share of Kevin Ball, and they probably know what this kid can bring. So, um, yeah, I really liked um, the decision to go with uh, Kevin Ball over Sorstrom simply because shutdown defenseman is what the Devils need the most um, as instead of a talented defenseman. And there's even a bit of offensive upside uh, to Kevin Ball, I think, he was nearing like a 10 game point streak in the OHL this year yeah. too. So, um, yeah, it, I, I, I think, uh, Kevin ball is, um, the centerpiece of this whole deal. And the fact that they got two other pieces and potentially if everything goes right for New Jersey, two first round draft picks or rental, when you consider the price tags of previous rental, yeah. when you consider that stone got you, uh, Mark Stone with a contract extension got the sends. Eric Brandstrom, Oscar Lindbergh in a second. True. Considering Taylor Hall got you this with no contract extension, that's I would call that a win for Ray Sherrill. Right. Yeah. Now. And not to mention the fact that like he, they could get two first rounders if Taylor Hall yeah. resigns and mm-hmm. the Coyotes win a playoff round, which could happen. Exactly. So. Um, and they already have a first round pick. So I feel like, I mean, yeah, I, I, I feel like you're a little bit biased towards Kevin Ball. Um, but like, he could be a good defenseman. We'll see. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm there, always, there, there have been times yeah. where, where big name defensemen, like I remember once upon a time, Erica Branson, everyone yeah. was hyping him up and he Look hasn't he turned is, yeah. out to be that kind of player I, as yeah. ever. I'm always, I'm a little bit wary of, like, players that are good in the OHL or the CHL in general and how they can trans, like, I would rather see them do well in the AHL before I can, like, judge how they do now. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, you're right. It does seem pretty promising, and uh, just from what you were talking about, like, a six foot six defenseman um, who's 19 years old and it looks like he's finally like growing into his own um yeah that's that's a pretty big deal but um you you also have to be wary for these types of things because it's like you know prospects like about 90 percent of these prospects hardly pan out or are expected to be what we 
uh, think they're going to be. Um, I will. I will also say, uh, if you want a sneak peek of how Kevin Ball plays, watch Team Canada at the World Juniors because he is a part of their shutdown pairing. So. Okay, so that's good. Um, and it seems like he has some offensive stuff too. It's not just mm-hmm. like he's like a two-way defenseman. It seems like not just a um, just a shutdown guy, um, which is good. Uh, yeah, and as for so so, what does this do for the Devils? We we just answered that and what does this do for the coyotes i think this um this does help them a lot i i still feel like it's a lot for the um a lot for the a lot for like a rental but at the same time they didn't give up barrett hayden they didn't give up soderstrom they didn't give up a lot of their uh, main prospects that they have not to mention you know oel's still pretty young. Jacob Trickren is kind of finally getting into his own. Uh, Clayton Keller's pretty good. Um, so they do, they are good in youth for the moment. So um, it is good that they didn't give up a lot of their top prospects for Taylor Hall, um, but they did give up a fair amount, like a couple of guys that could be pretty good and draft picks. Um, so it's like, this is a move where they better be all in Otherwise, they're screwed for the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I just feel, I, I just feel, uh, before this trade was made, I, I just kind of felt a bit weary for the Coyotes and just like, be careful what you're doing by right. making a trade like this. Because look at the Ottawa Senators, yep. and after the run they had in 2016-17, and they they had a decent True. start here, and they're just like, okay, we can make a Matthew Shane trade. We're good enough. Yeah. And then they start sucking, and then next thing you know, Carlson's gone, then Duchesne's gone, then Stone is gone. Right. And now you look at an Ottawa Senators team that's a shell of what they were in like two years. Yeah. I I just fear when a team gets good too soon and they feel like they can contend and they can feel like they can make a trade like this and it hurts their long-term future, that's what I'm hoping doesn't happen to Arizona. I hope this doesn't impact their long-term ability to win hockey games but yeah. at the same time after the trade they made with phil kessel after he signing oliver ekman larson a couple of off seasons ago you're thinking this is a great time to be an arizona coyotes fan yeah. and what fans have been waiting for years for just watching their team going all in and saying we're ready to win come with us Fill the seats, fill the building. Let's cheer on our Arizona Coyotes because we're ready to kick ass. Yep. And I got to admit, this is a ballsy move by John Chaka. I hope it pays off for him. Um, I, I don't know if I was Arizona, I'd be making this trade right now, but uh, it shows a lot of faith when your GM can pull, make this kind of move. Yeah, I, I think that you're right. This is like an all-in type of move, and if it doesn't work out, then Jacob may be out of a job uh, kind of kind of trade. But at the, uh, two notes on that, because you were mentioning like this could blow up in their face like it did for the Senators a couple of years ago. Um, first off, they're first in their division right now. Um, so it doesn't look like they're, they're slowing down. Also, Taylor Hall has two assists in his two games. So, um, it looks like he's already contributing and stuff. Of course, small sample size and all that stuff. Um, and which leads me to my second point because Darcy Kemper, um, is, uh, 
injured, um, and it seemed like he was like a big part of or a big reason why the the Coyotes were doing so well in the first place. Um, so it'll be interest. So yeah. I, I I could see it happening where they the Coyotes just fall off the face of the earth because Darcy Kemper isn't. Uh, is playing like a god and what's going to happen when he starts playing like a human. Uh, so uh, that's yeah, where exactly. that's where it's it's unclear. Um, but like at the same time, you know, they do they are a good team. Um, I always thought they were like a sneaky uh, sleeper team, like they could eventually make it to the wild card. They they always have that underdog factor just because they play in the desert. And their future has always been um, in disarray um, yeah. for, for a long time now because it's not like people go to the games a lot. But um, if anything, this just shows to the mar- the Arizona market that oh, the Coyotes are actually going to try to win, and this may not work, but at least they're doing something. Um, so um, I I do applaud that this move in that respect where they're like. All right, they they put their balls on the table. Excuse my French, um, <laughs> and um, and they see and just see what happens. Um, so I applaud that that aspect of it. Um, all right, uh, do we think Hall will still test free agency? Yeah, that's that's a big question, isn't it? Um, he definitely makes his team a lot more dangerous. He adds a new element. He dictates the play. Um, and you know, there's a lot of teams in the Pacific division that are just as talented as the Arizona Coyotes are offensively speaking. Um, you can make the argument that out of the very good offenses in the Pacific division, the stingiest defense is probably the Arizona Coyotes. Right. Um, and everything is clicking for them. And if, you know, Taylor Hall is just a guy that fits really well into their system, you know, if the team's doing well and Taylor Hall's doing well and he really connects with the fans, you know, that that could play to Arizona's advantage when it comes time to offer him a contract. And Tim and his, and his agent, Darren Ferris, has said it's definitely a possibility that, you know, my client uh, would want to sign a contract extension uh, in Arizona. Um the the thing when it comes to re-signing Taylor Hall is there are a handful of teams that are just as good as the Arizona Coyotes that could offer Taylor Hall money that maybe the Arizona Coyotes could but finding a way to get that money would be easier for those teams as opposed to the Coyotes because as I just mentioned they don't exactly have a lot of cap to spend right now. They're right up against it pretty much. So they would probably have to alter a bit of their roster. And the, granted, there there are, um, there are um, you, you take a look at their core and, and their core is pretty much all set. Like Dvorak is signed uh, for multiple years still. Uh, Oliver ekman Larson signed for multiple years. Clayton Keller, fresh off signing his contract extension that kicks in at the start of next season. Um, obviously, Ranta and Kemper, um, down the line, there's there's a bit of short-term there. Um, but for the most part, the core, Nick Schmaltz, guys like that, 
the core is pretty much set up for the Coyotes, where guys like Stefan, guys like Grabner, guys like Goligoski, in a couple of years, their contracts will be expired. Uh, Brad Richardson. You know, those are kind of the guys, I guess, that, you know, you could get those type of players in free agency uh, if, you, if you wanted to keep a bit of your depth and you have a lot of up-and-comers uh, in, in the pipeline to the point where, you know, maybe you could lose, you could afford to lose some of those depth guys if it means keeping someone like Taylor Hall. Um, Jason Damaris is another name that I, uh, that I didn't mention. Carl Soderberg's a UFA on July 1st, too. Um, but it, it, it's, it's just teams like Boston and St. Louis who have, you know, their own issues um, to sort through. Boston with Krug, um, St. Louis with Petrangelo. Um, th- those are the, the teams that, you know, have to take care of what's going on in their house first before they think of adding someone like Taylor Hall. The one team, and I mentioned it last week, and I'm standing by this, the one team that can sign Taylor Hall today, tomorrow, the next day, still afford him next year and the year after that, and not really sacrifice much of their roster to get it done is the Colorado Avalanche. Right. And that is, I think, the front runner for Taylor Hall. I mean, you look at all the entries they've had to go through. Landis Scott goes down, doesn't matter. Uh, Grubauer goes down on two separate occasions, doesn't matter. Pavel Francouz playing solid in net uh, and really um, forming a solid one-two punch with Philip Grubauer in net. Um, you look at uh, Andre Burakovsky, Jonas Donskoy, um, fluttering with a point-per-game pace, both of those guys. Valna Chuchkin uh, starting uh, to score goals. Nazem Kadri has been a big contributor to uh, the Avalanche as well. Kale McCarr. Um, we've mentioned before in the podcast for a rookie, he's having a fantastic, fantastic season. And McKinnon is just on a whole nother level right now. It it doesn't matter what this team has to go through. They just keep finding ways to get results. And I'm just looking at, you know, their depth at left wing, like their second line left winger is Andre Burakovsky, who is talented as he is. You can move him down to the third line. You add Taylor Hall in there. That is a solid top six, and uh, Burakovsky really solidifies the top nine now. Yeah. The Colorado Avalanche have like six million in cap space right now, a bit more to spend probably once the offseason rolls around. They don't have to cut two or three guys just to make room for Taylor Hall. He can just slide right in and just go to work with that group. So... I ultimately think if the Colorado Avalanche really want Taylor Hall, he's as good as gone in free agent, and he will sign with them. Um, and ultimately, it's up to Arizona to win over Taylor Hall to the point where he goes to Colorado. You know, I appreciate you guys. You you guys look like you have a bright future, but I like it in Arizona, and I'm sticking with this group. Yeah. I just think Colorado, if they really, really entice him with the way – that they play against them this year, the way they play against everyone else in the standings, they're going to make Taylor Hall an offer he can't refuse. And no matter how much of a fight John Chaka puts up, it might not be enough to get him back. So that's that's my fear. I think Colorado is the biggest threat to Arizona's chances of re-signing this guy. See, this is where 
Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be Colorado, um, but I do think he's going to test the free agency, um, but for different reasons than what you're saying. Because um, I, I do think there is like this money involvement and stuff like that, but Arizona is currently, they don't have a ton of cap space. So <laughs> they're, um, so if, I don't even think they could afford him unless they trade off a couple of players. Um, so, so there's that. Also, it, a lot of this depends on how good Taylor Hall is right now on the Coyotes. If, if Taylor Hall starts to stink, um, that's going to lower his value. And maybe the Colorado Avalanche aren't going to be as interested as they once were. Um, and you could say the same for a lot of these, play, a lot of these teams as well. Um, I'm not... I'm not Nostradamus, so I don't know. I'm not gonna like truly predict like you have on uh, what team they're gonna go for. Um, I remember you uh, you showed me this article about like um, how Calgary was interested, Montreal was li- interested. Uh, there was a couple of other teams. Edmonton was interested again, uh, which would have been funny. Um, There's a couple of other teams, Florida. Um, so those teams could still be interested in, in it. Uh, the Blues are also interested, but of course, they don't have as much cap space as the Avalanche do. Um, I think it's also, I remember Taylor Hall was mentioning, I think in a, like an interview or something, that he, um, you know, he's never been in the playoffs. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's been on Edmonton um, when they were <laughs> mismanaged uh, fully, and then... Uh, he went to the Devils, where he's never even when they won the heart. He was he's only been in. The, I don't think he even made the playoffs then either. He did. Oh, he yeah, did. The year they that he won the heart, they went into the playoffs. And oh, that's they played right. Played in all in all of five games against Tampa. Okay, so uh, it was over quick. Basically, but he only has five playoff games of experience, which basically is isn't no, much. Yeah. Right. Okay. So so I'm wrong. But the point stands but that still, five games, yeah. it, it's pretty minuscule. So, so I think uh, that he will want to go to a team that will give him the best shot to make the playoffs every year. Um, I know Cal- why I hearken back to the Avalanche. Yeah, the Avalanche would be a good team. Um, he has shown interest in going to Calgary um, because that is his hometown. Calgary did yeah. have a lot of interest in him, so that would be an interesting team for him. I know they have Matthew Kachuk and uh, Johnny Gaudreau as left wingers, so that might make it a little bit difficult for them because yeah. uh, they have a lot of left wingers, and one of them will have to be a right winger um, in order to make it work. But um, but maybe that could be something that they could uh, they could pursue in um, in doing. Um, they also have Milan Lucic, so they kind of have an overload of left wingers there. Um, yeah, so they would probably have to part ways with some guys like I know him is a pending UFA, so yeah. that probably means if they get Hall, Hamannick is on his way out. Right, right. So they'd have to make a couple moves. Of course, this Bruins fan really wants Taylor Hall, but <laughs> I, I've kind of given up on that dream now. Um, although, I mean, I think... David Backus will be a UFA next year. Oh no, never mind. He's not going to be one. But you you wish he probably was. I know, wasn't I know, I do. Chart, but um, yeah, I, I guess with Tory Krug being a UFA, that's probably going to make some. Um, that's yeah, gonna, that's, that's <laughs> it's going to be an issue. Where, again, 
where I'm kind of hesitant to put Boston and St. Yeah. Louis in this conversation because with Boston, you have to worry about Tory Krug. With St. Louis, you have to worry about Alex Petrangelo, right. who I would argue is more important to their success than Taylor Hall is. True. Um, simply because Although, Petrangelo's their leader and they have enough offense as it is. I would argue that the Bruins' biggest hole is their winger on the second line. And, you know, at least the Bruins have Charlie McAvoy and um, Brandon Carlo and Grizzlick who can take over for Krug. Of course, it would hurt to lose him um, if you're going to get Taylor Hall. But I, I'd rather have Taylor Hall than Tory Krug. Um, that, but that's just me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I see your point in terms of that. Um, as well, the Bruins don't have a ton of cap space, so that maybe it wouldn't yeah, make sense. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's a better reason. Um, <laughs> other trade bait targets now that t- the big fish is gone. Um, I guess Chris Kreider is probably the biggest one because he seems to be, yeah. you know, he's on a team that's rebuilding um, and he's on his contract year. Um, I could see him going um, on the deadline. I know Ilya Kovalchuk, although he hasn't been as good, that Kings experiment did not work out as well as he wanted to go, but I'm sure a team will take a chance on him. He did mention yeah. that he was willing to take the veterans minimum um, in order to be on a cup a cup team. So the Bruins are supposedly very interested in that, um, which I could which I'd be okay with if it's like one year. Um, but that would be an interesting team. I'm sure do you have any other players that I didn't mention? Yeah, I think uh, Chris Kreider probably just because he's the name we hear a lot about um, as far as uh, the trade bait board goes. Um, Just a solid depth guy that can help out a contending team, doesn't have as big of a price tag as someone like Taylor Hall, that's for sure, or a lot of names out there. And you know what you're getting with a veteran like Chris Kreider. Um, For Kreider, you mentioned Calgary looking for depth on offense. Uh, I could see them maybe putting in a claim for Chris Kreider. Yep. Um, they tried to get Jason Zucker last year's trade deadline. That didn't happen. Zucker's another one, too. Now shifts to Kreider now that, now that uh, Zucker is uh, missing multiple weeks due to injury himself. Yeah. Um, in terms of pricier options, Mike Hoffman's an interesting name. Um, I mentioned this before. Dadnov and Hoffman are both UFAs at the end of the year. True. Uh, Dadnov has shown some chemistry with the top six, so for that reason alone, I think Often would be the odd man out there. Um, you look at uh, Nashville, names like Mikhail Granlund and Kyle Turris could be trade pieces there. Um, Ottawa, just because it's Ottawa and um, they've been trading a lot of people. Um, Ron Hainsey, JG Pajot, Anthony Duclair, all in expiring deals. Definitely wouldn't shock me if someone like Hainsey gets moved out, but maybe. The Sens uh, did what the Red Wings did with Mike Green and keep him around yeah. for another year or two just because their defense is banged up and also young. So if a guy like Ron Hainsey holds the fort uh, until those guys are ready, um, maybe they choose to keep him around a little bit more. I think at an ideal price, Pajot and Duclair hopefully stay with the Sens. Um, but depending on what happens in the coming weeks, both could be moved. We'll see. Yep. Um, Wayne Simmons could be another guy that helps out a playoff contender. Same with Craig Anderson. Low-risk, high-reward options there. If you want um, to. Yeah. We know Bogosian has asked for a trade, so that seems pretty obvious. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes to. 
Um, I don't think names like Tyson Berry, Tori Krug, and Alex Petrangelo are on the way out. Uh, yeah, that would because, make sense. Simply because the Leafs, the Bruins, and the Blues, they're all contending and everything is so tight with the divisions. Yep. All three rosters right now, talent-wise, are built to win the Cup. So maybe it's best for all three of those teams to just roll the dice and take yeah. their chances at re-signing those over the summer. Um you know, maybe trading those pieces mid-season would do more harm than good and affect their win-now mentality. Same with Jake Muzzin in Toronto, a guy, one of the few guys on that Leafs team that knows how to play shutdown defense and play well. Uh, so um, I, I don't think we see those three guys on the move. Um, it would be a shocker if we saw another blockbuster just because of how close things are in the standings. But right. depth pieces like Kreider, maybe Hoffman, Pajot, Duclair, those are the names that I'm looking at as trade candidates. So uh, we'll um, see what happens. I'm going to throw out three names for you uh, that you did not mention. Um, All right. I'm, I'm intrigued. Fire away. Uh, Tyler Toffoli is one of them. Oh, I forgot about him. Yep, that's good. Um, that's especially one. since the Kings are, you know, they're rebuilding too. Uh, he, he definitely has some potential there. I mean, obviously it's a little bit risky and you're not going to get as big of a he's not like the biggest fish of to fry but um he certainly would be interesting um i i i want the bruins to get him because purely out of i feel like he's not going to be as pricey um to get um and he still think, has some I potential he, i think there's potential he could be the charlie Coyle. yep of this that's a good rental, comparison of this uh group of rentals he yep. could have the most impact like a charlie Coyle or a marcus johansson yep uh, Michael Granlin, um, he's yep. going to be a UFA next year. Um, he's he's been okay for Nashville, but I could see uh, Nashville parting ways with him. Um, it was funny though when he was traded last year for Kevin Fiala. We all were screaming because we thought that David Poyle like fleeced uh, uh, the the Wild so badly that he should be in jail, and now it it doesn't look like Granlin is. Even, um, you know, he hasn't been as good as we thought he would be. Um, and then the last one, which I think you've mentioned off the air, um, but uh, Alex Galchenyuk um, would be the right. other one. I forgot to, to add him there. You're yeah. right, Galchenyuk. Um, I think I mentioned in the last episode, actually, yeah. if the Penguins wanted to make a move, Galchenyuk is a guy they probably dangled just because he's had a tough time getting adjusted to yeah. things over there. And then um, there are two that... Uh, would be interesting, but I doubt these teams do it because they're they're probably they're doing the playoff push and whatnot. But yeah. uh, Carl Soderberg um, is yeah. another one, and uh, Derek Broussard um, of the Islanders. He's going to be a UFA next year too. And and recently he's been he kind of trailed off recently, but I could see a team like he did enough in October and November that. Uh, some teams will be calling and seeing what they can get for him. I think, like I said, a lot of, I think the only way like a big notable name gets moved or, or even a piece like Broussard where yep. on a contending team, I think the only way those guys get moved, if it's to add a guy that is a big impact addition to their lineup. I think that's the only way guys like that are getting moved. Yeah. Uh, Just because everything's so close. Yeah, I could see that too. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> that does it for us on this show. 
Um, it feels weird that this is even shorter than it usually is, even in this <laughs> new format. But um, yeah, that's it for us. Um, you can catch us on SoundCloud uh, and iTunes and Spotify with the same name, Lace Them Up. That's probably where you're listening to us in the first place. But, uh, you know, subscribe there, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, our Twitter is Lace Up Podcast. Our Facebook is Lace Them Up. That's about it. I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in episode 199 of the Lace Them Up Podcast. <laughs>